Good evening. And welcome to this Ash Wednesday worship service. We gather here tonight to mark the beginning of Lent. Uh, during this season, we make extra opportunities to worship and be in fellowship with one another. Uh, the first of these opportunities comes next Wednesday, uh, starting at 6 o'clock, running through 8 o'clock. Our midweek Lenten dinner and series will begin next week. Uh, Lent is a season of repentance, of prayer, and of change. It's a time for followers of Jesus everywhere to refocus on their life as a disciple. It's a time for turning back to Christ and making the necessary adjustments to become closer to him. And to do this, some people might give something up or some people might try something new. It's a time to walk with Jesus more closely, to prepare ourselves for the event that changed our lives forever. Jesus' death and resurrection. So let us begin this season of Lent now as we turn together to our call to worship. Yet even now, says the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. Return to the Lord, your God. Slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Let us join our voices together in the liturgy for Lent 2, found on page 78, and let us rise. We give thanks to you, God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, and our union with Christ. You have blessed us by giving us every spiritual blessing in the heavenly world. Even before the world was made, you had already chosen us to be yours through Christ, so that we would be holy and without fault before you. We praise you for your glorious grace, for the free gift you gave us in your dear Son. Please be seated. 
Lord Jesus, we come before you in humble confession. Help us conform our lives to you as the model for holy and righteous living. Forgive us for our desire for personal greatness, for our attempts to make gods of ourselves, for our willingness to exalt ourselves at the expense of others, and for our resistance to serving one another as you have served us. Forgive us for making light of your obedience and sacrifice on the cross by living an undisciplined and indifferent Christian witness. Forgive us for yielding to fear rather than relying on your strength to take the risks of discipleship. Forgive us, dear Jesus, for times we have not looked to you as our Lord and for allowing the clamoring distractions of the world to become higher priorities than you. Forgive us for yielding more to the pressures of this world than being transformed by your lordship over our lives. dead in our sins, God made us alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the written code with its regulations, which was against us and which stood opposed to us. He took it away, nailing it to the cross. Since we have been raised with Christ, let us set our hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Throughout this Lenten journey, let us keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. We thank you, Lord Jesus, not only for the privilege of believing in you, 
but of suffering for you as well, so that we may also be glorified with you. Let us stand. Let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts, since as members of one body we were called to peace. And let us be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in us richly, as we teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. Whatever we do, therefore, whether in word or deed, let us do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and Father through him. Amen. Please be seated.
Our scripture lesson tonight comes from Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 through 6, and then picking up again at verses 16 through 21. Matthew 6, 1 through 6. Beware of practicing your piety before others in order to be seen by them. For then you have no reward from your Father in heaven. So whenever you give alms, do not sound the trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogue and in the streets, so that they may be praised by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you give alms, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your alms may be done in secret, and your Father, who sees in secret, will reward you. And whenever you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, so that they may be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But whenever you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret, and your father who sees you in secret will reward you. And picking up again, 16, verses 16 through 21. And whenever you fast, do not look dismal like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces so to show others that they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees you in secret will reward you. Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust and costume live. Thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust cost consumes, and the thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And let us continue with Lord, who throughout these 40 days and 341 in your Moravian Book of Worship.
Well, tonight we have reached the conclusion of our reading through the Sermon on the Mount. As many of you might remember, we've taken the time four out of the last five worship services to hear Jesus preach his famous sermon through our own voices as, as, uh, as many different people read the sermon out loud for us. So now from the Beatitudes to the notes about how we should pray to an encouragement to be wise like the wise man who built his house, or who built his house on solid ground, we've now heard it all. One of the thoughts that kept coming up for me as I listened to the sermon was how strangely mismatched Jesus was with his audience. And I may have mentioned this once or twice in the past few Sundays, but it bears repeating again. Time and time again in this gospel, the author of Matthew keeps reminding us that Jesus was a once-in-the-history-of-the-world type person. By constantly calling back the words in the Old Testament by the prophets about uh, foretelling about one who would come and rule the world with righteousness and justice, and then letting us, the readers, know that Jesus is that chosen one by aligning his life with that of which the prophets had foretold. And now, with the transfiguration behind us, we know that Jesus is the one, is the one person who can stand on equal footing, if not greater footing, than the giants of faith of Moses and Elijah. And more importantly, he is one who has received God's endorsement. When God's voice to the disciples said, this is my beloved, listen to him. So here Jesus is, a giant of the faith in his own right, not going to the capital or to powerful people, but he goes instead to a small fishing town, and he is speaking to a small fishing town crowd. No soon-to-be king of the world would ever need to interact with these people, and yet here he is, telling them that they matter and what they do in all aspects of their ordinary lives matters, and that the world would then notice if they stop showing goodness in what they do. So therefore, they are like light in the world and salt in the earth. Salt and light are very noticeable things. So do you see the mismatch? Because if anything, they should be telling Jesus that he is light and he is salt, and that if he were gone from the world, that the world would notice But instead, it's just the opposite, where Jesus is letting everyone else know that there is a lot of salt and light that he's looking at right in front of him. Likewise, we have a lot of light and salt here tonight. Individuals, many of us who have given up our time and talents and resources and and, and us who have been shaped, who have shaped this church and have been shaped by the church, not just here at Edgeboro, but the larger Moravian church and the body of Christ altogether. And when we see so much salt and so much light gathered in one place, it's noticeable. And sometimes we just have to give thanks. And so I want to take a moment to just express some thanks now. Uh, Some of you were at the emergency shelter yesterday. Thank you for being salt and light. Uh, Many of you have have been or are now sacristans who prepare the sanctuary for worship, like tonight, or, or just worship Sunday after Sunday. So thank you for being salt and light in your own way. Uh, Thank you. Speaking of week after week, thank you to the choir, who is their own salt 
and light by, by sharing with us the gift of their musical talents each week. And, and in that same vein of thought, uh, uh, salt and light and, and thanks be to Gail and to Johanna who fills in once in a while here, but also in other places as well. Thanks to the salt and light that is our Sunday school teachers who educate and, and build up and support our children here. Thanks to all of you who have been salt and light by serving on the joint board, either now or in previous years. Uh, For those who have uh, stocked the kitchen with new utensils and food, uh, those that have served on the snow crew and and lawnmowers throughout the summer, Uh, thanks to those who plan and provide dinners here at the church uh, in the past or soon to be because it's about that time of year where we have our soup dinners during Lent. Uh, Thanks to those who plan fellowship events like the upcoming uh, Mystery Dinner Theater, uh, who just started rehearsing this week and came to mind as well. Thank you all for being salt and light in so many different ways. Clearly, this place would be noticeably different if you weren't here. And I know there is so much more salt and so much more light to name and give thanks for. And it's so hard to just list things and then stop when you know that list of things could go on much longer. But I'm going to try to stop it now. Being salt and light is very noticeable. So even if I did not mention something that you do, thank you all the same. All of that was important to say because sometimes I don't think we say thank you enough to the people around us. But now we've come to a little bit of a conflicting message here on Ash Wednesday. In chapter 5 of Matthew, when Jesus mentions salt and light, Jesus is conveying the message that we are, in fact, noticeable with the good things that we do, especially and mostly, importantly, in his name. But in chapter 6 of Matthew, just later on in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus lays out examples of people wanting to be noticed for the good things that they do, giving to the needy and praying and fasting. And then he goes on to say, don't do that. Don't be noticeable. So there's a little bit of a conflict here. Salt and light are, in fact, noticeable, but here's Jesus saying, don't be noticeable. And to add to that, we read Jesus saying, don't be noticed when doing these things, and then we proceed to do some of these things in worship tonight, pray, for example, and and give of ourselves and our offering, uh, and many different things tonight that we're doing, and then we go ahead and put a very noticeable mark on our forehead for all to see in public. So there's a little bit of a conflict. Protestant churches used this conflicting message as a way to justify not having a service like this. And for the same reason, John Wesley didn't include uh, Ash Wednesday in his prayer book calendar that was later adopted by the Methodist churches here. So because there is such a conflict, salt and light being noticeable, but Jesus saying don't be noticeable, it's all the more important that we think about why. There's a reason why we use ash and not something more bold or colorful. There's a reason why we use the shape of the cross for this sign and not just any mark in which we choose. And there's a reason why we all get the same mark and not something of our choice. 
So if the ritual of receiving this mark was just about us, was just about the need to feel noticeable, then trust me, we would find a much better and creative and far more noticeable way of doing this than what we will be doing tonight. If this was just about us, this would look different. This ritual of Ash Wednesday can remind us that just like the dirt of the earth itself, we have a creator who is far bigger than us, who gave us everything we have. It reminds us that Christ is the one who identifies us as salt and light in the first place. This is not a name we gave ourselves. Christ gave it to us. It reminds us that others have this same mark and that others are made in the image of God too. And so we can stand in support of and solidarity with them as well. And because of all of this, not being about ourselves, it reminds us to be humble. We've already established that we can do great things in being salt and light, especially great things for other people. We all have accomplishments, accomplishments which we, have, we can look back upon. We have served others. We have roles and jobs in which we do and which we have achieved. We are salt and light to the world. But tonight, we humbly remember why. Why do we do what we do? Why are we here? And a similar question, even though it doesn't start with why, who are we doing this for? Tonight is not about us. We remember that we did not call ourselves salt and light, and we are not that just because of what we've done or how hard we have worked at different things. Tonight we remember that Christ, who is greater than any of us, humbled himself to come to this world to come to this small fishing town of a world. He first noticed us, embraced us, called us salt and light, and told each of us that the world will be different if we choose to follow the same pattern of love and service that he started. And the world would not be the same if we did otherwise. So with all of that in mind, with our reflections, with our remembrances... Let us continue on with our worship as we pray for forgiveness and cleansing and a renewed sense of strength and motivation to follow the ways of our Lord. So let us continue on now in our bulletin as we read together Psalm 51. The responsive reading comes from Psalm Chapter 51, verses 1 through 17. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. According to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. For I know my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. And I've done what is evil in your sight so that you are justified in your sentence and blameless when you pass judgment. Indeed, I was born guilty, a sinner when my mother conceived me.
You desire truth in inward being. Therefore, teach me wisdom in my secret heart. And I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall wither whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness, and let the bones that you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins, and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and put a new and right spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and sustain in me a willing spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners will return to you. Deliver me from bloodshed, O God. O God of my salvation, and my tongue will sing aloud of your deliverance. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise. For you have no delight in sacrifice. If I were to give a burnt offering, you would not be pleased. The sacrifice is acceptable to God as a broken heart, a broken contrite heart. Despise. this time I will, will come forward with the ashes down front. If you would like to receive those ashes on, your, on the back of your hand or your forehead, just please rise and come down the middle and return to your seats to the outside.
as we turn toward Jesus and believe in the good news, as we hear from Christ that we are salts and we are light, let us continue to give of ourselves. And at this time, we do so with our tithes and offerings. Let us bow together in prayer. God of our salvation, help us to clear away any obstacles that prevent us from accepting the grace of Christ. No matter what we face in this life, increase in us knowledge and patience, kindness and holiness of spirit, genuine love and truthful speech, so that by the power of God at work in us, Christ is manifested in all of the offerings that we make. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please remain standing and join us in the white insert in your bulletin. Um, Ash Wednesday comes and Lord we hear.
Sisters and brothers, know that Christ notices each of us, cherishes us, loves us, and calls us his own. May we be transformed, changed, and renewed. May we repent, turn around, and straighten our ways during Lent so that we can be the salt and the light which we are called to be. Go in peace. Amen.